Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. What's up, climbers? It's your boy Dan. God, I, I, okay. Uh, we have finished sufficiently advanced magic today. Uh, great ending. Great ending was into it. Let's um, do what we did last episode, where we um, bring up some comments that you guys gave us. We, if you guys don't know, um, we we often post like a Reddit post. Uh, on our subreddit or on a subreddit for the book that we're doing um, asking for any comments that we should bring up we did that got some good ones um, some great I want to go through a, a few of them yeah starting from the climbers court subreddit which is the subreddit for arcane ascension shadow dragon man a lot of interaction with shadow dragon man which we were super into uh, great name the first thing that I want to talk about is a point that Shadow Dragon Man mentioned. I'm going to say that username as many times as I can, by the way, in the course right. of this discussion. Uh, something Shadow Dragon Man said in response to Luke's point about Enchanters being probably the worst students at the school so far, except for Corin. And Shadow Dragon Man was jumping in to defend Enchanters because... It was difficult for Corin to get the initial supplies in order to start enchanting. And in order to in order to improve your attunement level, you have to practice. And so it might be difficult for Shadow Dragon Man made the point that it might be difficult for enchanters to improve if they can't afford the initial like starting cost. Like the startup cost of enchanting is is a prohibitive barrier. And at first I liked this point because I was like, okay, that's true. Not everybody is as like resourceful as Corin at like getting off the ground. But I have two problems with this. The first problem I have is that it sounds like there's a prohibitive financial burden to go through the tower. Like it sounds like mostly nobility goes through the tower. So these kids at the academy have money i think and i think corin mentions it at the beginning when he's like i gotta use my allowance properly and not waste it i gotta save up my money meanwhile other kids are gonna go buy cracker jacks and ice cream but i'm gonna save mine for enchanting supplies how old are you i don't know (laughs) but my other problem with this is that it it's not actually expensive i don't think because corin's trying to make like permanently enchanted things but all you need to enchant stuff is a freaking pocket knife because corin goes wild on the inside of his dorm room the first week he's there and just like completely etches the whole thing puts a bunch of runes all over the place goes freaking bananas Okay, it looks like the inside of a bathroom at like a national park in there, which just everything is all carved up. Like, so you don't need any money to enchant stuff. Just enchant, like, I don't know, enchant your bed so that (laughs) maybe it, uh, you know, gives you a little shake to wake you up, a nice little shake to wake you up rather than having to do an alarm clock. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice gentle shake, you know? It's not so I'm gonna say I don't buy this. I think I, I'm with Luke on this one still. I think these enchanters are just freaking idiots at this school. There's no <laughs> way that the enchanters at this school are like, oh, it's just too expensive to enchant stuff. I'm gonna play GTA five for another four hours tonight. Right. I and okay, I think that this extends to the teachers as well. Because another point made here um was that like the way that you can raise your enchantment is by enchanting or using, I guess, mental mana. By one example of that that we see Corin doing is making his own crystals. Making your own crystals levels you up a little bit. Plus, you get crystals to enchant more. And like this is something that Corin only learns from taking some advanced course somehow getting this like very 
very grumpy teacher to um, tutor him. And then, like, she gives him some tiny hint and he goes and figures it out. Like, this should be day one. This should be the first lesson that they learn so that they can level up and start enchanting more things. I don't get it. Right. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I th- again, this reinforces your point is that the other enchanters are just dumb and lazy because apparently all you need to enchant stuff is a little bit of willpower, a little bit of can-do attitude. And then you have superpowers. So Right. I'm with Luke. I, we've we've all played Skyrim. This is okay, this is smithing. But you just make a million daggers and then all of a sudden then you can make the greatest weapon of all time. Speaking of speaking of smithing and making a million daggers, Shadow Dragon Man made a great comparison that's kind of a bummer for all enchanters, especially Corin, seeing as he wants to climb the tower a lot. An enchanter is essentially a blacksmith. It's very useful. The backbone of a any kind of feudal society you need a blacksmith but you're not taking the blacksmith into battle you nobody is saying to the enchanter hey i need to fill out my team my limited size of team i'd like you to come with me nobody is asking the enchanter to come into the tower absolutely not and that's kind of a bummer for you know what for I, all the enchanters. you know what i'm now okay i'm now realizing something what so at this school, mm-hmm. you have to make you have to make a team to do these tests. Uh, oh no! Right? Yeah. And like everyone's, it's not like a sign. There's not. You have to have one enchanter, one summoner, that kind of thing. They don't say that. So what's happening? What's happening is that there's some very good teams of like shapers and summoners. No one's picking the enchanters, so we've got teams of enchanters that are failing out. All of the enchanters <laughs> are failing out on the first test. We got to fix this, you guys. This is incredible. This is an incredible point because if none of the other enchanters are making stuff like Corin, nobody's taking them in. Nobody's taking somebody in whose superpower is I can see the mana on stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that. I'm going to take the guy in who can make an ice beam and freeze this lion thing. I'm not going to take you who can be like, oh, yeah, that's a dangerous monster over there. No, go play GTA with your friends. <laughs> so they're for sure. When when Corin and his team gets out and they're like, how many teams were knocked out this round? And they were like, well, it was uh, 10% of all teams that fail. They're just gone. They get expelled. That was all the enchanters at the school because they were all on a bunch of teams with each other and they were just looking at each other. Here's what, how it went with all the enchanters in the tower. They would just constantly ring the bell. They were like, no, 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 no. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Send in Griffin for this room. I don't want to be here. This is this is a tough hit for the enchanters. Let's get a different test for the enchanters. They need a written test. Maybe a written, yeah, a written exam would be more there their flavor mm-hmm. yeah okay um th- and then so there were there were there were a bunch of good comments um the last one that i'll that i'll bring up here is from toward an eq um something that i actually thought of as well which is that when when corn is making these mana crystals like it's really difficult for him and he can only make a specific type right why doesn't he just get like our boy Patrick, who is a shaper, to to very quickly? I feel like Patrick could make tons of these, and they would be like fire and what's his other one, air or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't. There. Okay, so my question basically is: Is there something preventing like shapers from making a bunch of mana crystals for our enchanters? Because I feel like that's the move. It seems like that to me, too. There might be a reason why they don't. But if... Let's say I'm creating... Let's say I am 
starting a revolution in East Edria. I'm like, hey guys, Edria sucks. Let's reorganize society a little bit. First thing I'm doing is I'm like, shapers and enchanters, you guys are a team now, okay? The shapers, you're just gonna make a bunch of crystals all day. You're making crystals, baby. Enchanters, pump out some cars, please. Give me some cars, give me an iPod quickly. I'd like a, I'd like a rocket ship if you could. Just like, let's get these working together and not like shapers go run into that tower and maybe find some crystals if you can. And enchanters just make them cool weapons. (laughs) No, no, no. And then with this, you're getting, you're getting leveled up shapers. You're getting leveled up enchanters. You're getting a bunch of like small things that might not be super great, but you sell them for a little while. And then you're like, once you're both level 99, now we're doing now we're doing stuff, right? Now we've got a thriving economy. <laughs> you're talking about grinding. You're talking about IRL talking about grinding. XP grinding. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's grinding. The other option that got brought up um is by a commenter uh, the name is uh interested commenter, so that's nice um about like you can farm things right you can farm crystals um and apparently you can also just get a bunch of high level items if you go high enough in the tower um yeah i guess i don't know there's there's this is probably a viable one too i feel but, uh, i feel like it comes back to something that we we kind of mentioned before is that you're not bringing the blacksmith into the tower but like the blacksmith is definitely buying everything you're bringing out of the mines like if i'm a blacksmith i'm gonna buy all your iron ore when you come out of the mine okay and in fact i might pay you if the mine's dangerous i might be like hey i'll give you 30 silver to go into that scary mine with all the bats in it and bring me some ore out and you're like right like you have a you could be a you could be a uh the only thing is okay well let me back up a point that i was that i was making on this post was that the there should be like some little small businesses owned by an enchanter who hires some climbers those climbers go in they're getting paid i don't know a hundred like i don't know how much you get paid 50 bucks an hour when you're in the tower come back with some crystals for our for our guy for our enchanter guy i feel like that's a good little business you got going on mm-hmm. it's definitely a great business and th- again this is this is why we need a revolution of this society luke and we need to be in charge okay luke and luke and dan running for president and vice president of Velia. We'll alternate which one we are. That seems only fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Do we have anything? So so thanks everyone for commenting. Um, Great little discussion on there. Um, I think there were, there were maybe a couple comments that we didn't bring up, but uh, we, we enjoyed it. So keep them coming for the next episode as well. Uh, okay, you wanna you wanna get into the part that we've actually read for this episode? Yeah, let's get into the end of this freaking book. And to start things off, I actually had a revelation about something that we discussed in the past, and there's no real new evidence for it, but it made me wonder: what if Melt Lake is an illusion attuned? Ooh. So, yeah, a bunch of people saw Melt Lake light a lake on fire. What if she didn't? Okay, okay. So this has to be, she is she is a shaper, right? Because she's, like, teaching the class. Maybe. So I'm assuming... She's teaching, she... like, children how to shape. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, but you can have multiple attunements. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, Con- continue. So, what if she's just, like, really good at faking attunements? We've already seen this 
shown by Jin because Jin wants to fake having a certain attunement. And Mel Lake's thing sounds like a little bit too much to me, especially because it's known that in this kind of climate, you want to hide your power level. Lighting a lake on fire is not a good way to do that. I don't think. And to then go around being like, they call me Melt Lake because I melted a lake with my fire magic. But if you're trying to bluff, such a good bluff, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody calls Mm -hmm. me Melt Lake. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it does seem like this move was maybe more of a... Okay, let's... I don't want to get too deep into this okay? because we could theorize forever. But like, what was the reason for her to melt this lake? I, I really think it was to make a legend. I think she's trying to make a legend about it. Yeah. Unless, unless she was fighting a fucking dolphin. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, okay. It could be, well, I was going to say it could be like a fleet, but like who's got a fleet on a lake. Unless it's like Lake Michigan and Michigan is invading Wisconsin or something. Um, yeah, but then to lighting that whole lake on fire, pretty big deal, I think. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, it's tough to say. But I just, I just want to throw that out there that we can't be sure really anybody is the attunement that we think they are unless we see some real evidence of power. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Melt Lake, that's true. we're just hearing. It's all talk with Melt Lake so far. <laughs> She's all talk. I'll believe it when I see um, it. <laughs> there's a, at the beginning of this, we hear a little bit more information about the visages. And there's one that is just, is just set up for Corin to meet later, right? There's like a little engineering scientist visage that like goes around pretending to be a normal person. If Corin doesn't meet her, and she like pretends to be a normal person. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm assuming that's in book two. There's, n- it's that's gonna be. It's gotta happen like, too because that was the one like thing to save his sister, right? Is you've got to meet her. Like, is it her? Yeah, yeah, it was her. Okay, you've got to meet her because she's the creator and she's the one who could maybe repair your sister's fucked up lungs. Your sister was vaping too much, dude. She was vaping too, <laughs> too much. much. Uh, but they've she like they've got to get together, right? Got to get together, especially since it's set up that she's gonna surprise him, right? Like she's gonna be a normal person, and then after a little while, she's gonna be like, "Guess what? I'm the visage." <laughs> Psych. That's gotta happen. I think it's. I think it's foreshadowed um pretty heavily there but we'll see there's a little called shot another called shot mm-hmm. a little uh romantic relationship Ooh, we were pretty on po- I'll, i definitely agreed with you but you were very on point with that luke 100 yeah, okay. called shot feeling good about that uh Jin and corin called shot let's leave it at that uh i want to talk about Jin for a little bit longer though okay so Jin's thing that Corin gave him where he could project his image exactly 10 feet to the left of him, was that exactly as useful as we thought it would be? Because to me, it was exactly as useful as we both thought it would be. I Okay, so it comes across in this scene as if it's like a good move, right? Maybe? Okay. Like it's, it's, it's written... And described in such a way where it's like pretty tricky there. Yes. What an advantage Jin just got. Yes. Because of this little move he pulled. Mm-hmm. I think that it I think that it was a negative, actually. Uh tell me why. Because he's invisible. Yep. For one. Yeah. Why are just be invisible? <laughs> right. Just sneak up behind the guy and put a bullet in his head. Just sneak up. You don't have to. I think it was badass from Corin's perspective. Corin watched it and was like, whoa, freaked me out there, Jen, for a second. That was a nice, nice move. But from like the 
was it centaur or a minotaur or whatever the thing was that he Min- was i think it was a minotaur yeah from the minotaur's perspective it's like oh okay so something's coming to attack me and it wasn't where i thought it was <laughs> better find that guy i guess right i think that it was like okay the invisibility thing was key yeah right? um I feel like the move of having his little illusion self there was more for the for the dramatic purposes of his friends, right? Absolutely. Because his friends yeah. got this moment where they're like, dang, Jin just got murdered. Oh no, it was the illusion. Which- but if you're just going if you're just going for practicality, give me just go invisible. <laughs> Don't give the Minotaur any warning and just shoot him. Here's the other thing about this. So I could see a situation where you needed it to distract the Minotaur. Otherwise, the Minotaur is just going to charge in and completely destroy your friends. Like, I could get that. But it didn't seem like the Minotaur was... Like, it seemed like the Minotaur was just like, okay, I'm going to throw my axe and kill this guy and then go in and charge your friends. So it didn't sound like it bought him that much time. The other thing about it, your friends have got to think you're kind of a dick, right? (laughs) Oh no, Jin's like dead now. And he let us think that he just got dead for a cool dramatic effect. Not cool. It didn't buy us anything. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing that I can think that it might be, which is kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of just like grasping at straws here. Is that maybe the Minotaur would have like detected Jin's aura. Mm. If he was the invisible guy and the, other thing was just like a distraction. I think that's kind of a reach, but there it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jin was just doing a big solid to Corin. He knew Corin was watching. And he's like, oh, I got to show him that I'm actually using this thing. Oh, <laughs> That's the better one. It's like when you visit yeah. a relative who gave you like a really crappy piece of clothing, like a terrible, like a bowlin tie. And you would never wear one of those or like a bow. I guess it's, they're called a bolo tie. You know, a bolo tie. It's just like you took a shoelace and you put it around your shoulders and right. added a belt buckle on the front. I feel like if one of my relatives gave me one of those, you would have to wear it next time you saw them. And that's what Jin's doing. Mm-hmm. Jin's like, Corin gave me this thing. I got to use it. <laughs> I also would love to go to that winter ball with him. So this will get me some points. I, I think that's what it is. I think that's it. Okay. We we skipped by a little moment that I want to bring up. It's going to be a short thing, but I think it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they, they're taking their test the second time, right? And then Professor Orden stops it and is like, we're being, the city's under attack. <laughs> and Patrick's like, Oh no, is anyone hurt? <laughs> Warden is like, shut the fuck up, Patrick. Of course people are hurt, you idiot. <laughs> and she like goes off on him. <laughs> this is a small point, but like <laughs> can we relax? <laughs> like it's that's actually so true. Because Patrick is like kind of just being a normal person in this situation where he's like, oh no, I'm concerned for everyone's health and well being. Who is it that kind of dunks on him? Is it is it Orden or is it uh It's, it's it, Orden, I think. Okay. Yeah. And Orden is just like, you fucking idiot. Of course they're <laughs> their people are dead all over the place. How could you ask such a stupid question, you big idiot? Whoa! I get that we're under a lot of stress right now, but like let's not take it out on these children, please. On these students. Yeah. I thought it was a bit much. Who um, also, can who's, I... Who's to say? Can I say that, like, you set yourself up in a pretty problematic way if from the get-go you're like, hey, some of this stuff in our school is like a test within a test, right? Where where some of the classes, it's like, sure, you could answer my question or you could find a smarter solution to my question. Like, it's a little tricky around here. We don't always do things in a straightforward way. Then when you have Professor Orden show up in the middle of a quote-unquote test being like, hey, stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin this test. Go outside and fight a demon. I'm like, this is still part of the test. 
<laughs> There's no way I'm believing anything she says. I'm like, ooh, this is, I'm going to get graded on how well I fight this village right now. Ooh, this is a good point. Because you ruin all credibility when you, you're constantly like, psych, uh, that was a fake thing. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, th- I thought you were going with the, with, to the part about whisper candidates, but that's, but that's, let's keep that for a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Because you would, you would think that like a lot of this is just more illusionary nonsense. Right. Right. And maybe it's, maybe not everyone would think that, but I, but like, it's, it's possible that people are going to think that. And granted, that's a very specific situation that like, you never have to worry about. But uh, I think that you're right where it sets up, it sets up a lot of things that could go wrong. Oh, it's a huge problem. Like, can we please stop sending like children and maybe they're 18. I don't remember the exact age of these people, but can we stop sending them into life-threatening danger, please? I'm talking, okay. Sarah in the stadium when she's fighting and could have died. We're sending these kids to go take on a visage who, like, apparently nobody can kill. Stop! What? That's why I think it's a still part of the test, because I'm like, there's no way my professor would be like, go fight a god now. Stop this test that you are struggling with, that we made, and go fight one of the most powerful things on the continent. <laughs> the, the reasoning behind this... Is that she's like, yeah, Corin, you go talk to him because you were kind of involved in this at the beginning, so he might listen to you. That doesn't that doesn't make much. Like, I don't know if that's true. If I'm like Professor Orden, or no, no, if I'm Katashi, the visage, and like Corin comes up to me and is like, hey, what's going on? What can I help with? Maybe I'm going to give him some incredible responsibility more likely i'm not but if professor orden comes up and is like hey maybe you don't know me super well one of the professors pretty important uh what's going on that i might respond to especially considering she's like a whisper candidate who like serves tingen sure we learn a little bit later (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh but uh, this uh, actually, this is. There's too many twists here. There's too many things to go around. I have, I have a question for you. Do you think Orden was trying to get Corin killed? Because we find yeah, out as... at the end, Orden is the one who's kind of been a part of this conspiracy to get Tenjin out of the way and to let Vera out of prison. Do you think she was trying to cover her tracks? and get Corin murdered so that it was harder to trace back to her. Maybe. I don't know. Because there's too many... I'm now realizing after I said that that there's too many like motivations that I have to go back and re-examine. For Orden, you mean? Yeah. This is that I That I, should, I wish I had thought of earlier, but... Orden's also the one who breaks into... Corin's room, right? Mm-hmm. And she's got a real knife. And Corin's like, "Yeah, you could have like pretended to. You didn't have to like actually cut me." And she was like, "I want." No, no, no. She had a carrot. It was, it was a it was a carrot that was. Well, okay. She said that it. I she has know. teleportation magic, dude. I could teleport a carrot in my hand, no problem. <laughs> this this is something that now that we know, Orden's situation. A, a reread would really would really benefit us to like go look at all the things I, we're not going to do it because we're currently recording um but but tweet at us or post on our subreddit post on our make a comment on our post this week with some of those great orden moments where when you reread it it would be it has a new meaning hit us up with some of those for sure or don't Okay, one thing I want to do is I want to I want to give a shout out to our boy Professor Teft. Mm. Mhm. For like finally bringing up the issues with the prison. 
you mean Vera and Kiras being in prison? Yeah, and like how the keys all work, and he's like, someone must have led someone probably led you there. Yeah, and like I just like thank you, Taft. Why is no one spending any mental effort to try to like analyze a little bit of what's going on? Because this kind of shows, and I forget if we brought it up in a previous episode, that Corin, rather than getting like lucky and being in this really interesting situation that makes him like have this main character role, it's really him just being played, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm into that. Um, well, and Corin also has that fan. moment where he sees the dead kid in the room and he remembers that dead kid and he's like, oh, that guy could have been me because it sounds like they were just trying to get anybody they could to come in here. Ooh, uh-oh. I get, maybe I'm not the main character. Am I not the main character? Everybody is getting way more powerful than me. Am I not the main character? Did you have that moment, by the way, where everybody was powering up but Corin and you were just like, oh, is this guy a scrub? Yeah, yeah, I did. But yeah, it... It definitely took a little bit of analysis. And you would have thought anybody would have done that. Mm-hmm. But I guess, so I guess this is Tef showing his, wor- his worth here a little bit. Also, he's not just the muscle. He's not just the muscle. He's got the brain too. He's a full package. And we, we saw a little bit about how his shaper attunement was actually useful. Because it sounds like he made a cool barrier. Great. Thanks for that, Teft. Appreciate it. Um, I still think maybe an enchanter could probably do that similar thing just with the, with the item, but yeah, but okay. But it would take a lot of preparation (laughs) would take a lot of prep. That's a good point. Yeah. So good job. Teft new MVP. Yeah. I'm going to put, I'm going to put sixth man of the year, right? Yeah. Okay. He's coming off the bench showing some real value. Definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. I, a lot of the times in this book, we've said something in an episode and it's been addressed like pretty quickly in the next section of the book. Corin gets attunements so freaking well and I love it because he learns about artificial attunements and is immediately like, oh, we could just give these to all the people in the in the nation and we would have farmers who were just crushing it who could make it rain whenever they wanted we could have like great industry with enchanters doing all kinds of cool stuff give these to everybody and i was like thank you like corin gets it corin gets it and i think he's just like ah oh, that's like a job for another time like we'll deal with that later there's probably other problems with it and then he moves on which fine that you do have other pressing concerns but like corin gets the attunement advantage here. Give everybody yeah. this attunement. Okay, I ag- I agree with you here. Um, I will say the success rate of going into the tower is like 80%. Mm-hmm. You got to pay a bunch of money to get into the tower. Just freaking let everyone go into the tower. No, Luke. No, Luke. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Imagine being a super rich person in this society and you send your firstborn kid into the tower and they die. And then you're talking with some of your fellow council members later and they're like, oh, we've been doing this new research project. It's been going on for a little bit. We're trying to make a god beast level powered guy so that they can just really protect us from everybody else. And you're like, you're trying to make one of those? How do you make one of those? And they're like, well, we've been able to do artificial attunements for a really long time, and we thought we'd try and just power those up to a really high degree. And you stare at them for like 10 seconds, and you're like, artificial what? <laughs> My kid died. My favoritist kid died in the tower trying to get one of those magic tattoos that you guys have. And you say, I, he just has to go like, pay a hundred dollars to somebody and they'll tattoo it on wherever he wants what are you doing i'm so mad if that's me 
I'm like, what the okay. frick? At least tell me about it. You don't need to tell all those pores about it, but tell me. <laughs> okay, fair. I will say we don't know, like, they're capable, sure. We don't know necessarily, like, success rate, all of that kind of stuff. Like, there's a chance that it's a dangerous procedure. It's like success rate is lower than going in the tower. That's fair. But I, the main thing that I was bringing up is just that Corin is like, oh, yeah, this will solve everything. Now everyone can get attunements. It's like pretty much everyone already can. You guys just don't let them. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good point, actually. If it's 80% success rate, there's not really a barrier. I, I, I will acknowledge that it would probably go lower were you to let everyone in. But like you're not forcing people in. Gotta sign a little waiver. Right, right. You're saying we need a merit-based economy, is what you're saying. I agree. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, there's there's a moment, again, I, I keep bringing up Patrick, but <laughs> there's a moment where they're, like, getting their team together to go into the tower, right? It's like, Professor Orden, she's got, Derek's gonna come, Obviously, Corin has to come because he's the main character of the book, <laughs> and they're gonna—they're like, "All right, let's get some more kids in here. <laughs> let's fill out this roster with a bunch of kids." <laughs> you've got—you've got a couple more draft picks, uh, and and Corin, you're making the decision for some reason. Um, and Corin's like, "Okay, gotta bring Sarah. Obviously, gotta bring Sarah." Um, oh, actually, I have—I have two notes here. The first one is he's picking, I think, two more out of Jen, Marissa, and Patrick. And, oh, no, no, one more. Sorry. And, like, you go Marissa, but she's struggling. And then it's like, why would you pick Patrick? <laughs> Dude, this is so rude to Patrick right now. <laughs> He's so irrelevant. Patrick is there to power up Sarah's spells. Yeah, and he does it really good. <laughs> also, you remember when he but, lit that torch really good? What if they got torches they have to light? That's true. Okay, but then but then I'm gonna I'm gonna counterpoint myself. Ooh, okay, yeah. Okay. Because they're like, okay, what's our what's our advantages of each? And uh Jen is like, well, we got guns. And I'm like attuned. This is so yeah. <laughs> get guns. Everyone get guns. I got an even better solution, Luke. Hey, Jin, we don't really know what you can do and you won't tell us. So give all your attuned give all your enchanted items to Patrick. Because Patrick is A, willing to fight with us and tell us his deal. And B, can use all those things that we made. Oh, you've got guns that are specially attuned? Patrick can shoot gun? Give Patrick the gun. Jin, you still won't tell us what your deal is? That's fine, you don't have to. Guess what, you also don't have to come with us. <laughs> I'm Corin. I literally built you into freaking Batman. Yeah, you take Patrick. Yeah. Now I'm coming back around. You take Patrick. I I am too. You take Patrick. Um Yeah. That's I don't know. Plus then you don't hurt Patrick's feelings anymore. You can't you can't be rude to Patrick. He's so nice. He's so great. We love Patrick. He's just concerned about everyone. Patrick stood up um, without any acknowledgement and is willing to just <laughs> just throw a haymaker at Professor Teft. Patrick is willing to uppercut a professor for you, Corin, and you had said no words to him in like four years. Jin over here lives above you and you haven't seen him in months. Like, sure, he asked you to the ball, but like, Patrick's there for you. Jin's a freaking creep. You know it. We all know it. We're coming out very anti-Jin here. Anti I, I hate Jin. I freaking hate Jin now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we hate we hate Jen apparently. Um, can we talk briefly 
about this like whisper candidate thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Professor Orden is part of this um, organization. It's kind of like secret organization that serves our boy Tenjin and they kind of recruit, right? They recruit students that they've got their eyes on, but they don't tell them that they're recruiting them. In fact, this is a secret organization, so the students don't even like have any inclination that they might be able to. And then <laughs> Professor Orden like gets on corn a little bit for not doing something because she's like, we really look for our whisper candidates to like show some initiative and like maybe break some rules. And it's like, you, <laughs> you didn't tell him that he was a whisper candidate and that you guys want him to do things. Like, <laughs> this is so irresponsible. What you're saying is that you don't want any students to follow rules. Yeah, it sounds like what she's saying is, hey, I know you came up with that dumbass idea to Professor Vellum about making crystals, but we all just wanted you to steal shit, dude. Yeah, this goes back to your point from last episode. <laughs> She's like, we all just kind of wish you'd steal stuff. That'd be pretty dope, though. So we decided to punish you with this stupid way of making crystals because you're a dumb idiot, Corin, and we just want you to <laughs> steal and do drugs. Smoke weed with us, Corin. So it makes you be a whisper. If you were cool, you'd smoke all this weed with me right now, Corin. That's how you'd be a whisper. God. I just think it's wild. It is incredibly wild. Something else that's incredibly wild that Corin does that I'm a little peeved at. He's just going to let Vera and Derek flirt. He's just going to like, he's just going to let Vera flirt with Derek when he's like, I think Derek was the one who fought them and tried to kill all of them. I'm pretty sure actually when I put these pieces together, but you know what? I'll let him, I'll let him have their fun. We'll let him get a, an emotional attachment before I say, hey, I think Derek tried to kill you in a pretty major way and ruin your whole mission and your whole scene. So, oh, you're flirting, though. Yeah, OK, I'll, I'll back off. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's yeah, OK. There's a lot weird with this scenario because uh, to your point, one, like, what is he going to He's just going to be like, no. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did that? If Derek is like, hey, can you, do you mind giving us a room? We're flirting over here. And Corin's like, I do mind, actually. I'm going to stay. <laughs> Which, okay, I maintain would be perfectly reasonable to do. If you're in this tower and you're like, you've got a little safe room and they're like rummaging around this like golem thing that's like really powerful. And you're like, I want to explore these runes it's pretty cool um and derek over here is like hey i'm hitting on this girl can you go sit down in the other boring room please like for one thing you don't need complete privacy to flirt luke maybe he's just and, super self-conscious and for another i think that that's really rude I think that's incredibly rude. I agree with you. I think it's incredibly rude to be like, hey, we're flirting over here in this big old room that we that has a bunch of interesting stuff in it. Can you go into the boring room? No, I can't actually because I want to learn because I'm a student. You go in the boring room and flirt. I'll take out this golem's heart thing. I don't know. I've got a knife. Yeah. Seems easy. I, I will say, other than that, I was a big fan of Derek. Derek seems like a delight. Yeah, I think... Is Derek MVP, actually? Yes. I think Derek is the MVP right now. Derek and Sarah are the two MVPs. Ooh. Sarah is Rookie of the Year. 100%, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Derek, sure. I think, is MVP, though. Okay. Yeah, because they're like, hey... <laughs> Derek, just like freaking open the door and do all the shit. Do all the dangerous stuff, which is fair because he's an emerald. I just, I don't know. I think I was, I was a big fan of Derek. I liked his, um, I don't even know if I would call it bragging. 
because there's a couple moments where he's like, yeah, normally I can handle the first 10 floors with my eyes closed, which I'm going to call BS on, but... Yeah, based um, on how he handled that wind puzzle, yeah, there's no way. He got of that wind puzzle and was like, I think I can just walk. I think I can just walk through it. I'm going to just try and walk through it. And then he comes punching through later and is like, mm, couldn't do it. So there's no way he goes top, He goes 10 floors without any You help. can't sleep through the 10 floors. You're like barely getting down one right now. Um, but I was, I was kind of into that. I don't even know if I consider that bragging. Actually, now I'm all mixed up. Of course it is. He's he's wrong. At first, this came across as like just correctly assessing his strengths. But now that I think about it more, I think it's just like arrogance. Yeah, I think so too. I was actually... Dang it, I'm rethinking a lot now. I was into it though. I, I like Derek as a character. And I like his interaction with Kyrus in the epilogue. How they're both just like, hey, you want to go fight on the top of this train right now? Eh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Did we just become best friends? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they're going to have great team chemistry. Um, yeah, I, I'm very into Derek as well. I think, I think, he's, I think he's fun. He's, um, he's fun. But yes, Derek, Derek MVP, Sarah Rookie of the Year. I think there's an argument for Sarah being MVP. Um, I think so too, but it's a little political with the judging, you know, and so she can get MVP next year. They had to give a rookie <laughs> of the year and might as well go to Sarah, right? Nobody's going to argue with that. Right. I will say they seem to be, I, I have some questions about how your like mana level works because Sarah goes down to like negative 30. And then- And my question is, can you- can you go forever until you just like die or is it like you go down to your absolute minimum and then you like actually can't do anymore Mm -hmm. because if that's the case they're given kind of a lot of leeway in their little calculations because sarah goes so negative and apparently is like okay i think she gets some serious permanent damage right yeah but i think that's because of you think it's, drinking it's because of the roids that, that Corin gives her? Yeah. I think that might be it, but I, I couldn't tell if that was what caused the permanent damage or if the permanent damage already happened and Corrin was like, dude, we just need you to freaking pop off right now. And Sarah was like, okay, yeah, I'll pop off. <laughs> Which was wildly irresponsible, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just like, all right, Sarah's got like 100 mana baseline about pretty high amount pretty good for you all right let me just check her mana level after giving her her this like crazy water that i have no idea what it's gonna do and it reads 900 whoa dude wildly irresponsible corin maybe pump the brakes on this one a little bit yeah pretty uh yeah and we do see i will say we do see in this scene how them being related apparently actually matters mm-hmm. in a way that's not like, hey, I want to bone uh, where it was like our man, our mana needs to be compatible, which maybe is a subtle way of asking <laughs> that. But um, it sounds like they're somewhat compatible. But yes. uh, so I so I I guess there is a point to a question I brought up last episode of like, why is he so interested in finding out how genetically related there are? But just, like, incredibly irresponsible to be like, this could work or it'll kill you. Drink it. And also, he didn't even test it. It's, like, it doesn't sound like you had to drink it all at one time because there's a little bit left after she's done. Corin is just like, I've got this water in a container. I've never drank it before. I need you to be the first one to drink it, Sarah. Take all of it. Don't even take one sip. Don't even just just take a little sip. Just glug glug down the hatch, baby. And Corin's not like, maybe I should get a little taste of my own brew before I give it to somebody else. What if it's got bugs in there or it's grown algae since he's since he's bottled it? Any, any of those are possible. Um, could be anything. I don't know. Maybe that's what her... Maybe she just has a really bad, like, bacteria infection. 
because it's uh, this water is so expired. You're saying that's why the watch gave off that weird reading is it was just like, I need to warn you that there's something bad happening, but you only gave me the option to show a number on a dial. So I guess just big number. It's like she's got tapeworms. <laughs> zero to zero means tapeworms. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> maybe it's something like that. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's, I think that's my guess. That's my high level guess. Um, and then they get they Okay. They do this this really intense fight scene, right? Really great fight scene. Um, Sarah summons the God Serpent. Pretty pretty good. Pretty big deal, I think. Pretty pretty nice move, I would say. Um, and then Katashi comes in. He's like, "Great job, team. <laughs> Here's some quick rewards." Uh, Corin. You now have this new attunement. I don't fucking know what it means. Uh, <laughs> I'll heal some of you guys. Uh, I'll let you go hang out with Karis. And then Corin's uh, like, hey, what about Sarah? She kind of she crushed it. He's like, here, take my sword forged from the heart of a long broken world. <laughs> that seems good. I don't know. What level does she need to be to wield it? <laughs> did this did this strike you as a Trigon's Tail kind of thing? I was getting some <laughs> extremely serious Trigon's Tail vibes, which for listeners who haven't been following us, uh, read Circe by Madeline Miller uh, and then listen to our episodes about it because Circe gets a cool tail and Trigon is like, oh, just dump it in the river when you're done with it and it'll come back to me. And that's essentially what Katashi says is he's like, oh, it'll come back to me when you're dead in bones. <laughs> I, this, <laughs> this is just like, okay, what is it though? <laughs> you know? You mean like, can you give us a, a list of attributes for this sword rather than just like, it's right. forged from a broken world? What does that mean? <laughs> this keeps happening. Here, Corin, take this ice sword. Maybe it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> here, Sarah, take this world-eating sword. I don't fucking know if you can use it. Here you go. You can't even talk. <laughs> no questions, please. I mean, okay, okay. To be fair for uh, the, like, mortals in the room, are you gonna be like, ah, Katashi, I know you just gave me this sword that you say is really valuable, but can you tell me specifically how it's valuable before I accept this gift? No! Right, I mean, obviously, obviously they're not saying anything. They're gonna be like, holy shit, thank you. (laughs) But come on! (laughs) You would hope for some inner monologue that's like, gotta figure out what this sword does. It could do anything. It could be too powerful for he to, for her to even touch. I don't know. Or they find out like at the very end of the series, it's like Katashi shows up and he's like, oh, hey, that sword I gave you, you never used the sword for its true purpose, which is going back in time and fixing all of this before it ever happened. You didn't ever use that? Dude, I gave you the sword so you would go back in time and solve all these problems. What the, did you read about the time turner in Harry Potter? This is what the, the I gave you a time travel device. Fix things. And they're all just like, "Oh, we didn't realize. We just killed people with it. Yeah. We just used it to stab people." He's just a swingy, swingy boy. Really good at really good at swinging. Um So, I don't know. I'm excited to see. Maybe it has a little a little uh note like it has a little label on it on the pommel comes with a user's manual or maybe it's like a little barcode that you just like you know put your iphone over this is why we need enchanters to make iphones luke but yeah it seems good seems like a good sword everyone everyone comes out here pretty well well sarah like kind of gets i don't know we're we're leveling up we're making moves (laughs) we've got karis our boy karis with us now it's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. It's also, this is the last thing I'm going to say about Patrick. He gets the worst deal out of everybody, right? Everybody levels up but Patrick. Marissa, she tries to protect Jin, so she levels up. 
Sarah does some dope stuff, levels up, and gets a cool sword. Corin gets a new attunement on his hand. Jin apparently was already super high level and is gone now, but whatever. We hate Jin. <laughs> Everybody levels up, but Patrick's like, oh, so you didn't take me. You didn't take, you took, you took Jin into the tower and everybody came out with cool powers and abilities. So uh, maybe, maybe take, take me next time. That'd be cool. Uh, love that. Katashi, give, like, give some like Neville credit to our boy. <laughs> Dude, Patrick has huge Neville energy. I, this is so Big true. Neville energy. I, I feel like Katashi's got to be like, and to your, to your friend, I really like him. I really like him. 10 points. I don't know what it is. <laughs> 10 points to your buddy for being cool. Yeah, we need some, we need some Patrick help. Patrick needs some love here mm-hmm. in some form. So, so the spiders weren't real, right? I don't, I don't know. Cause like they didn't do shit. And now I think their there's their spider division leader is gone. So I think, I don't think the spiders ever existed. And Orden just was like, Orden told literally everyone there was a spider division, except she didn't put anybody in it. So all the other professors were like, hey, how's your spider division going? And Orden was like, oh, tough. They are idiots. But I'm, you know, I'm working on it. None of them have gotten caught yet. Thank Celis or whatever the god's goddess's name is. Maybe that's her move. If you don't put anyone in it, none of them get caught. And at the end of the semester, all the other professors are like, how did you do that, Orden? None of them? And she's like, I just know how to train them. Yeah, I don't know what went on with the spiders. I don't even know. Did they say that Orden is like the in charge of them? Yeah, she's the head of spider division. Um, yeah, who's to say? Maybe we'll see in the next book. Maybe. I don't know, though. I have a feeling like they don't exist. Okay. Dan's calling BS on Spider Division. Otherwise, otherwise, my theory, I'm going to say, is true. And all this was fake. And Jin was actually in the Spider Division. And he almost got caught at the end. And was like, oh, I got to say something other than I'm in the Spider Division. Because I do not want to give this up. Because there's a lot of points on the line. (laughs) I'm from East Edria. This whole... Is he buying that one? This whole betrayal is to just... To just keep the spider division secret. <laughs> Jin's like, I did just shoot this woman in the back a couple times, but I don't want to lose 100 points. So I'm going to say I'm from East Edria. Okay, L- last point about Jin. Jin's like, I've got these guns, really good at using them. And then we've got <laughs> Vera lying face down in front of him. And he doesn't kill her. He is unsuccessful. He shoots her twice. He shoots her twice. And she's still unconscious, bleeding out. And he's trying to, oh, I guess I got to use my knife now. What? You suck. You suck at guns. (laughs) We hate Jin. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we hate Jin. That's what we're leaving you with. We're coming down on that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, Luke, as is tradition, when we finish a book, I think we should give a little bit of a little bit of a review at the end. I'll be honest, I I wasn't super into it the first third. I was I, I wasn't super into Corin. I wasn't really buying a lot of it. The world is pretty cool, but I just wasn't super engaged yet. Second part, things are getting pretty interesting. So I was definitely building my interest, part two. And then the last third just like completely hooked me in. And now I'm like very on board with with all our, our players in this. The characters, I think, are meshing much better now. And there's like a lot of good dynamics there. The, the plot is very interesting. Uh, and Luca, I got to find out what's coming next. I think we got to read the next book. We've got to read the next book. Normally we do one book at a time, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. This ending hooked me in, hooked me in a lot. Um, 
I will say love to get some more some more screen time for our characters other than Corin. Um looking forward to hearing more about Karis, all of that stuff. But yeah. Very interesting. Moving on to the next book. We rarely do this, but next week let's let's read I believe it's On the Shoulders of Titans. That's book two. We'll read the first third of it. So folks at the Climbers Court subreddit, stick with us. Cause we'll be back next week with plenty of hot takes. It's still acting like dumb nerds. Yeah.